The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. They're America's number one sportsbook with an easy-to-use app that's safe and secure. And when I win, I get paid out in as little as two hours. And this season, FanDuel Sportsbook is making betting easy for everyone. With great promos like risk-free bets, enhanced odds markets, same-game parlays, and more. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. For the first time ever, we are saying welcome to week 18 of the regular season. It is Tuesday. We are going to go through the entire slate, Saturday games, Sunday games. We will figure out what our foxhole bet of the week is. We will figure out what our Simon Says bet of the week is. Uh, We will review last week. We will talk about some reviews, all of it with my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Chad, buddy, we made it. 18 weeks later, we're we're finally here. Unbelievable. So we got a little bit of uh, reviewing to do. This past week, we went three and two in our five contest picks. The contest ended. And again, a couple of reminders here. One, all these picks we put in the Action Network app, it's free, download it, follow it. We're under the name, the handle, the Faves 5. If you follow that, you would see what the picks are. And again, in this contest, the lines closed on Tuesday or Wednesday, and we didn't have to put our picks in until Sunday. So we get the benefit of seeing a lot of lines moving. We get a benefit of all the COVID news. We get a lot of closing line value, a lot of CLV. So we use that to drive some of our decision-making. Uh, of course, didn't really matter this week because- uh, it, matter, it doesn't matter any week. We had the Colts minus six and a half. That was the last minute entry that I'm disappointed in. I really wanted to do the Titans. And we did. You said, you said something to me. You said two things to me that totally were indicative of the mistakes we made all season long, which were- Closing line value has worked for worked for us last week. Let's do it again. And we don't like the number on Tennessee. It's a three and a half when the number has come into play so infrequently in this. And Tennessee, of course, was my scooter led pick. So we had the Colts minus six and a half, lost that. Rams minus three and a half, lost that. Chargers minus five and a half, won that. Steelers plus three and a half, that closed at Steelers minus three, won that. Pack minus six and a half. We had that because um it closed at six and a half on Tuesday or Wednesday, but Thielen and Cousins were out by the time we uh, had to make the pick. Three and two. For the year, Simon, 80 games. We were 48 and 32, 60%. And 
just to let people know, because Chad said 80 games, so pick five games a week. We had a bye week in week 14. So I just want to make sure we have that tidbit. Mandatory bye week in week in week 14. You just had to choose one week to make a bye. 80 games, we were 48 and 32. I, it's actually astonishing to me that we hit at 60%. It felt like every week was so challenging for us. We just stayed the course. We had a lot of four and one weeks, four and one weeks, and then we had one and four, one and four weeks. We got lucky. We just never went 0 and 5, and we didn't continually have bad weeks. So we, we took a good bye week. I think we went 2 and 3 or 1 and 4 the bye week we took. So a lot of luck. I mean, that's these contests that we talk about all the time. You, you need a lot of luck. A couple of things that bounce our way, and that's what sucks is we look at the end of the year and we go, oh, my God, if we had just won three more games, we would have been in the money again. So it's painful, especially where it's like we were in a huge hole, I think, in week eight. Like we needed we needed a bunch of 4 and 1 weeks just to get back above 500. But luckily, we did really good November. We did really good December. So we, we got close, but not, not having any 5-0 and o weeks is what hurt us. We, we needed 5-0 and o weeks to make the money, and we just didn't do it this year. Where last year, I think the final week of the year, we were 5-0 and o to make the money. So that was definitely the difference this year. Yeah, it's just amazing. If you look over 80 games that we chose, just three or four games, three or four bad beats, and you certainly have them over the course of a year, changes the scope of everything. It's so interesting to have that perspective when you look back on an entire season. Even in the wins, you don't remember. You remember all the bad losses. I can tell you all of our bad losses if we needed to, but I can maybe tell you five good wins we got just because the human brain just always goes towards the negative. So it's just funny looking back where it's like, I knew we were going to get back above 500. I just did not think we would get anywhere close to the money. But like November, the books killed it. That's when we killed it. In December, we were consistently winning. Like we talk every year. If you go three and two every week, you're going to make the money. Like that's the goal is go three and two every week. So sadly this year, I think we averaged out to be like 2.7. I mean, we missed that mark of having three wins every week, but I feel like we did pretty good for how we started to what we turned around at the end of the year. Yeah, we started crap. So what we'll keep doing uh, in the Faves 5 is on Sunday morning, after Convince Me, after our Sunday morning live show, it is a live show at Action Network HQ on Twitter. You can also catch it on YouTube, Action Network YouTube page live. It is not a podcast, a live show. We will take the five that Simon and I love the best. And this time it'll be based on the lines in the moment because there is no line from a contest and we'll put those into, uh, into the faves five. That's what we're going to do, Simon. Yeah. And it's, again, people lose their minds on Twitter about our picks. Um, if I make a number and that number is on the other side of the number I make, that's where I look at value. So people are going crazy because I was talking about taking the Eagles at three minus three and a half. I made the number four. Did I get lucky the number landed on four? Of course, but that's what I made the number. So again, if I'm betting big on six, if I'm betting big at four and a half with Washington, I never have an issue taking the other side, especially when it's in contests. Contest lines are always weird. Like I get why people lose their minds about these things, but people are like going crazy. Like you guys are all about Tennessee. You're all about taking Pittsburgh and those aren't your picks. And it's like Pittsburgh was one of our picks. We took Pittsburgh at three and a half because that was still a good number. I didn't want to take Tennessee because it was minus three and a half when it was minus three for the last four days. So it it is tough where we psych ourselves out, but nothing changes. If I say I'm betting a number, I'm betting that number. It's like we still bet Washington. What what did they end up? I think they're up to six and a half. We still took them at six. I just felt that Eagles minus three and a half was a good number. You're getting a key number crossing the four. So my biggest loss was that Chiefs one, but luckily that wasn't one of our five. But man, the referees, dude, that was one of the worst games. As much as I love to blame the refs, it's like you ain't going to win a game against Joe Burrow when you're putting up three points in the second half. So 
we again, we'll look back on the offseason. We'll talk about our preseason predictions. It's fun looking back, especially on the Bengals, where we gave them out a plus 1,000. I saw some guy bet them in May at plus 2,300. He put, I think it was like 20K down on it. Took back whatever it was, 400K. I forget what the exact number was. I know our action handle tweeted out. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be an unreal feeling. Obviously, that person's a fan of the Bengals and everything like that. But wow, wow, what a call betting them at plus 2,000 to take that home. All right, so the Scooch Roulette picks we had last week. I had Tennessee minus three and a half. Check. You had the Steelers plus three and a half. Check. Scooch, you know, my original co-host and the inspiration for everything we do. <laughs> Bob Scoochie, board gaming bookmaker. He came on as a guest. He had the Packers minus six and a half. And we both gave him so much shit for it. And in the end, I think he knew something. I think he knew Thielen was out. I think he knew Cousins was out. And it wasn't out yet because bookmakers know this sometimes. Scooch used to come on the podcast and like hint that he knew something was going to be happening. And that's why he liked something. And I think he knew because that line moved almost immediately after the podcast. Now he nailed it. Again, that's why I hate betting early in the week. I had way too much money in the Vikings and I couldn't buy buy out of my position. But luckily, I just... I didn't do anything. Like I, I could have went the other way and took the Green Bay, but man, that was a good call by him. All right. We're going to get to the games. Uh, one quick thing. A great review from, I hope this person's listening, from Rowdy Worm in Saudi Arabia, who says he is thriving because of our podcast, despite the fact gambling is outlawed there. If you're listening, Rowdy, please email podcasts at actionnetwork.com. Matt Mitchell, our producer, would love to chat with you. Also, a lot of requests for Simon to talk about how he breaks down film and preps for the draft. That is all going to be discussed once we get through the season. We have so much good stuff planned in the podcast for when the season ends, talking about draft, talking about futures, talking about win totals, all those kinds of things. It happens early in the spring, folks. And we're getting plenty of comments about being sick of Mike Tomlin drops. Guess what? The Steelers might not be playing after this week, so you won't have to worry about it anymore. Please don't talk to me about more victories. Uh, That'd be disrespectful to those guys in the room. Simon, we got some games, buddy. We got a full slate of games. Kansas City Chiefs at Denver Broncos. The Chiefs as 10-point favorites Saturday afternoon. It's such a weird week. Like, how do you know what to bet on anything right now? Like, half of these games, I don't know what to do with. There are some games I do love, and we're obviously going to go over all the games, but there's some games, like Chad just said, what the, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. We don't know who's playing, who's not. The key thing here is people to be on the ready. You can get huge advantages in the final week of the season. I personally love betting the last week of the season. The, the biggest difference is I might only have 10K down on uh, four different games, maybe 1,000 on one game, maybe 2,000 on another game. It's very low, my volume, compared to other weeks where I could at this point already have up to 60, 70K bet. So it's to me, people, when you hear this show, we're going to give out some lines we're betting early. I would just really try to save your save your money up for Saturday, Sunday morning when we have more information on these games. Or if you want to take the early lines, I got no issue doing it. A lot of these games we'll give out. If you're going to take the number, you have to take the money line too. Because again, these numbers could shift by 10 points. We don't know, depending on who's playing, who's not playing. So we'll, we'll touch every game, but this game right here, I, I got no real feel for it. If I'm If I'm just going off who needs it more, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs need this game. They still can play for a one seed. But I just hate that the number it's at. If it's lock, yeah, I'll bet the Chiefs. I got no issue taking the Chiefs. If it's Teddy Covers, I'm probably going to be on Denver. So just wait and see when you have more information on who the quarterback is. I think we've said it a few times. Drew Locke is not an NFL quarterback. 
He's just terrible. He, he is actually incapable of playing in the NFL. But I agree, Simon. Just wait. Just yeah. wait until we see what's happening with Teddy Covers. Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys breaking Matt Mitchell's heart, losing to the Cliff Kingsbury-led Cardinals at home. I bet the Cowboys live, plus three, barely escaped with a push. Seven-point favorites against the Eagles, who feel like they are reeking of COVID right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Got COVID issues all over. They're not really playing for a changing position. They know that either way they're going to be on the road against the Rams or against Tampa Bay. I feel like not much is going to change for the Eagles here, so... They're going to sit everyone. That's what the sign opened at two, two and a half. Shot all the way up to seven once all the COVID stuff started coming out and people started realizing the Eagles probably are going to sit starters. So, yeah, I'll be on Dallas. But, again, this is another one. I got no issue waiting. You've already missed the early line value. I can't see this getting above 10. Um, They'll keep moving it up. But eventually, like say this game did somehow reach 13, 13 and a half. All depends, again, on who's playing for the Eagles. But if it's Minshew starting – I might have to come in and take the Eagles, but now at the early position, here we sit on Tuesday, you take the Cowboys. That's where the value is right now, minus seven. Cowboys seven-point favorites on the road. That's gross. That's, that's again, that's a week 18 line, though. Everyone keeps talking about the Cowboys' offense. They really are struggling. They cannot, and, and Dak, you know, that fumble cost them the game, right? And at, in the fourth quarter, they do not seem to be an efficient, high-caliber offense which is what they seem to be earlier in the year. I think they've got some significant issues as we head into the postseason. Yeah, and that was a bad read by me. I kept trying to fade the Cowboys, but unluckily, I was just fading them with bad teams. I tried fading them with Washington, didn't work out. Tried fading them with the Giants, didn't work out. In come the Cardinals, and the Cardinals kind of showed us all what our fear is with this Cowboys team. They just don't they don't play well against teams above 500, and they haven't, they've done that all year, so... Ever since Dak came back from that injury, he just hasn't been right. Like you said, he has never found that rhythm that they had to start the year. Again, if you go back and watch film on them to start the year, it was incredible. He would go off. His reads were so quick. He'd go one, two, three, right down the line. Really quick reads of where he needed to put the ball, and he'd get the ball out of his hands quick. Now he's taking his time back there. He's staring down receivers. He's literally making his mind up before the ball's even snapped or where he's going to go with the ball. Now they're down Gallup as well. Someone like me that has a Super Bowl future, I feel like it's dead money at this point. That, that was a bad read on my part, taking believing the hype and buying in the Cowboys midway through the season. It totally feels like a dead ticket. Completely yeah. feels like a dead ticket. But again, it's football, so you never know. But just from what people have seen this season, I don't think anyone can put any logic behind why this team could make a Super Bowl run. They just they just haven't beat good teams. I got to try to stick my guns from the preseason where it's like, I have these reads on these teams. The Cowboys are who they, we thought they were, just like the Browns were. I'm still holding... Uh... Packers and Bills Super Bowl tickets. I'm going to enjoy getting a Packers Bills Super Bowl and being a winner either way. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a more disrespected one seed than Tennessee Titans. But again, we'll get to that. Once Not even a consideration. Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore Ravens. This line's been jumping all over the place. It was at six and a half, went down to six. Went back up to six and a half, went down to five, went down to four and a half, came back up to five. Now it's at five and a half. I mean, what the hell? Someone, someone, that's the thing that's been so tough is it's like someone knows something. And also some of these guys don't know shit. I knew two really big time professional groups that came in heavy late on the Browns last night. They took that number all the way from three down to minus one. Yeah. They were dumbasses. That was a terrible bet. Their whole reasoning behind it was they had info that the Browns were playing all their starters. They were all in that that 
fault that movement early in the year, like early in the day, I mean, was fake movement that someone had info that Browns were going to rest starters. So the line moved all the way up to three. These guys got info. No, Baker's playing, Chubb's playing, their defense is playing. The number came shooting right down. So this was again like pros are betting this number off, I don't know, information they have that maybe Lamar is going to play. Maybe Pittsburgh is, I don't know, more banged up than we realize, but I don't know what to do with this. I, I want to take Pittsburgh. It's, you're giving me plus five and a half, and we believe that there's going to be a backup playing for the Ravens, right? Like, none of us really believe Lamar is going to be back for this game. So, I don't know what to do with it. I'll, I'll take the number, and I'll take five and a half with this Pittsburgh team. But, you know, if it if it comes out that, whatever, 80% of the money and 80% of the bets are coming in on Pittsburgh, you know, I hate public dogs. So I've already talked off it. But just looking at this number doesn't make sense to me. If this is a backup for the Ravens, I'll take five and a half all day with this Pittsburgh team. Well, right now, all the money and all the bets are coming in on the Ravens. So someone knows something, but I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh. I guess maybe they're thinking emotional letdown by this Pittsburgh team of what that game was last night for Big Ben and everything like that. But I, don't, I feel like we don't make these bets on Pittsburgh because of Big Ben. We make these bets because of their defense and their running game. And Mike, Mike Tomlin. Forget the opponent. They're nameless gray faces. It's a weird one. I'll have to talk to other pros and hear what they're saying. But to me, I feel like this is a good bet for Pittsburgh. Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns. Another one, kind of wacky, you know, was hovering in that Browns minus two and a half, and then it got down to one, and now all of a sudden, it's all flipperoo. We're talking about uh, Cincinnati at minus three and a half. Obviously, last night has so much to do with it. The Browns are out of it. They looked dreadful. Anyways, right now, the Bengals are about uh, two and a half, three-point favorite. Yep. And the news right before he came on broke Baker's out of this game. He's going to go get surgery. So Case Keenum will be the starter for the Browns. I don't know what the hell to do with this. It could be the battle of the backup quarterbacks. I guess I'll take the plus number with the Browns at home. Assume that since he's playing all their backups too, but no idea. It's, it, again, these are a couple of games I have no idea what to do with. I have no idea what to do with this game on Tuesday. I would just, if I had to make a pick, I'd take the points with the Browns. This is a wait and see. Yeah. Where do you think Baker Mayfield plays next year? If it's not Canada, I don't know. The worst advice he'd ever got in his life was to keep playing through that injury. They were, what, 6-2 and two when he got that injury? Take the surgery right there, buddy. He could have gone with his agent, went to the Browns, said, look, we got you guys a 6-2. and two. Give us a two-year deal, a one-year deal, whatever they were going to give him. I'll, I'll play it out with you guys. I just want to be the starter. No team, no team is going to want to make Baker a starter next year. Like everything you saw from him, regression, regression, regression. Would not make sense to take an undersized quarterback who gets hurt all the time. Who's got accuracy issues. Yeah. And he's a first, he's still a first read quarterback after five years in the league. Jeez, that's amazing. That is amazing. Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. All right. The Titans, number one seed Titans, the most disrespected number one seed in the history of the NFL playoffs. They are 10 and a half point favorites. I'll tell you right now, this is a smash spot for the Texans. I love that. So you can hop on FanDuel right now and you can open up your app and you can see they can give you season awards. You can bet on them. Vrabel, the one seed who lost Derrick Henry. He's been down A.J. Brown for more than half the season. He was down Julio for more than half the season. Had one of the most banged up defenses almost all season. Vrabel, they're the one seed now in the AFC. I feel like this is the most under-talked about stories in all the football. It's bizarre because I guess Tennessee is like we talk about. It's one of these teams that no one cares about. Them. They're the team that Tom Hanks liked and cast away. No one cares about Tennessee. 
I do. I love this whole variable story. He's still plus 350 right now in FanDuel. I, I love that for coach of the year. I'd bet that. That's Zach Taylor. What the hell are we talking about? Because he won that game against the Chiefs at home and he's 10 and six. He's going to win coach of the year over variable. What, what, what is happening right now? I feel like it's just such a live in the moment kind of award. Um, I, I just I cannot see these writers not getting into variable for coach of the year. What when you just look on paper what he's done with this team, again, they've lost to the Jets and they lost to Houston, but somehow they're still the one seed. It's it's literally feels like we're living in a bizarre world. Um, I, I can't get over how good of a job he's done. That team just took on his identity of just being a tough next man up, who gives a shit? All we gotta do is just win. Like it's it really is incredible the fact that they're the one seed. So Looking at this, I'm with Chad. I'd, I would take Houston just on the fact that they're 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 going to be looking past this Houston team. They're already thinking themselves, all we got to do is steamroll a bad team to get the one seed. The, the, it, the fact that it's 10, that's why. Like, to me, this is a good number. I made this 9-9. Nine, nine. Doesn't surprise me at all it's 10 because everyone's going to be teasing. Everyone's going to be betting this Tennessee team because they just got to win. So, this will be one of the big money line plays all of this week. And this isn't the game I'm calling for the upset. We'll, we'll touch on that game coming up. We see it every year, people. Don't fall into these traps of this team just needs to win to make the playoffs. So this team just needs to win to get that one seed. They're going to be motivated. Dolphins last year, they went up to the Bills. The Bills played their backups. I think the Bills beat them by like 20 points. And Miami played all their starters. They needed to win to get in the playoffs. They lost by 20 to the backups to the Bills. Be careful in making these bets. Like, I know you're thinking, oh, this team doesn't care. They're, they're going to be sitting guys playing against a team that needs to make the playoffs. It doesn't work that way. These guys are all motivated. They all want to win. So definitely be careful with just going off what scenarios you need for teams to make playoffs or what seeding they need. Here's why I'm thinking the Texans. They have played hard all year. You know, it is rare they've been in a spot. Even this past week, I know you love the Niners at minus 12 and a half. They ended up winning by 16, I think, or something like that. That was close. Davis Mills is better than people are giving him credit for. The Texans team has played harder than people have given them credit for. We owe Dave Cully an apology for not giving him sort of the benefit of the doubt as a longtime professional football coach who is going to come in and do a good job with a really, really dreadful roster. So I'm looking at the Texans and I'm thinking they want to go out on a high. They want to go out with momentum. This game does mean something to them. It's a home uh, home dog, 60%. Yeah, and, a, and a big home dog at that. Yeah. Washington football team at New York Giants. Washington football team, soon to be renamed something else. Six and a <laughs> half point road favorites. It is so funny, though. You look back on life, and it is crazy. We called them the Redskins for all those years. Even when you say it now, you feel a little icky. It, it's yeah. just weird. What the hell are we going to do with this? We talked last week. I told you that the Giants were my worst rated team in all football. Had them lower than the Jaguars. The Lions had them lower than everyone. Had them 32nd in the league. Had a pro group reach out to me, said that they were all over the Giants last week. So I didn't bet as much as I wanted to on it. First snap, everyone had the same feeling. Why the fuck do we not put all of our money on this? Yes. I mean, they're, they're awful. The Giants are awful. Their coach is delusional. He just spits talks out of his ass about Nothing. He says people call him up saying they miss being on the Giants. A bunch of BS. The ex-players miss playing for him. You've never had a winning season, dude. Like Joe Judge, he's the antith- like he is a psychopath. Um, so as an Eagles fan, I hope they never get rid of him. I hope they keep Gettleman. Keep it going, Giants. I mean, they 
it feels like they're paying for their sins of beating Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl with Eli Manning, and they're just been paying for it for the last 10 years. I mean, it's 10 years now. This Joe Judge, he's already talking shit about Rivera, too. They're be- they're playing Foreman as well. I'm all over Washington. I don't care. Washington might have – people are like, oh, they're going to give up on the season, too. I did not see that at all last week. They played hard against the Eagles the entire game. They just suck. That's why they didn't win. So, to me, two terrible teams under a touchdown. The Giants team has simply quit on their head coach. Chicago Bears at Minnesota Vikings. The Bears are about three-point dogs. You can get the Vikings at two and a half at some books. Uh, Mike Zimmer had the best comment if people didn't see it. Uh, someone asked him at his press conference this week, will you be giving a look to Kellen Mond? You think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Next question was, why don't you feel like you need to see him? I see him every day. If that's not an indictment on how bad this guy has been in practice all season long, I don't know what is. It is wild to hear that because I loved him coming out of Texas A&M. Ran a pro-style offense in college. Really, really athletic. Has a great arm. He must be an idiot. That, that must be what's going on here. This kid must not be able to read defenses because that kid, Sean, was bad. The fact that he's playing over him was just – that was bad. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Kirk uh, with the number. Like, a sh- whatever. Do you think this number is moved? Like, your opinion, do you think this number is moved because people don't think Kirk's going to get cleared? Because I don't really understand the movement. It's, neither of these teams are motivated. One, one team is way better talent-wise and – I guess, what, what, what is the motivation for the Bears? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. What, what, why would they, why is this line moving so much towards the Bears? I, I can't really see it other than it's Matt Nagy's last game and he knows it. I, I looked at the Bears last week as I was watching this and I said to my kid, the Bears defensive players are putting stuff on tape for the next coach. In Minnesota, it hasn't come out yet whether or not Mike Zimmer is going to stick around. Their season is over and they're ending it in a very disappointing way. Whereas the Bears, like, they kind of expected to be a disappointment. So now they're just happy the season is over and they're excited to play one more game, know that they're off and know that they're going to get a new coach. It's a weird thing, but there is sort of a palpable difference to me emotionally between the two teams. Um, that said, you mean the Vikings are less than three against the Bears? I'm fucking taking that. Yeah, so that's how I feel about it, too. Even, even though it looks like a trap because the money and the bets are coming in on Minnesota and it's moved three points against them. Like Chad just said, it's, it's under a field goal at home. They're the much better team, Minnesota. So that's one of those where I'm going to wait. I'm not going to bet it yet. Just because I want to know who's playing. And if it's not Kirk, I'm out. Uh, there's there's no quarterback on that. Like, again, as bad as Kirk is, this is a one, one o'clock in the afternoon game at home. This is when we bet Kirk Cousins, so. To me, if this is Kirk Cousins, you're getting a fantastic number right now. Indianapolis Colts at Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts, 15-point favorites. Now, Chad, are you aware that these two teams are in the same division? I am. Are you aware that every year the Colts have to go play in Jacksonville? I am. When is the last time you think the Colts won in Jacksonville? Oh, goodness. 2012. Close. 2014. Wow. Yeah. So last year, the Jags went one of 15. They're one win at home week one against the Colts. Even when the, even when the Jaguars are awful, they somehow always beat the Colts. Uh, I don't know what to do with this number. I wanted to take the Jaguars so bad. That's such a huge number. Um, Carson Wentz. That's what, like you said, I hate that we took that number. Um, 
I hate that we took the Colts last week. We should have known he's coming off COVID with COVID. Like he still had COVID. Everyone knows that he still had COVID. The, we talked about it. the NFL sold their soul. They they're they just want to get the the best players on the field so no one can complain about anything. And we saw with Carson, the guy was fatigued. He was what one of eight, one of nine of his first nine passes. He was just bad. So I don't know what to do with this. I I just want to take the Jaguars. I I get it. Like they're they're one of the worst football teams. Bar none this season. They've been awful from start to finish. Um, who would have thought they'd be worse since Urban's left? Since Urban's left, they've honestly been worse. Trevor Lawrence has been worse. I I can't remember last time we've had a prospect like him. Like, again, people compared to him to Andrew Luck, to Peyton Manning, a sure-can't-miss guy. And I watched his film, and I kind of saw what they're talking about. Again, he was a freshman. He beat Alabama with Clemson in the national title game. Like that's, I can't overlook that kind of stuff. This kid clearly has moxie. He's fucking broken. They're, they are a broken team. They, every time he dropped back against the Patriots, I feel like anyone that was watching the game thought he was going to throw a pick every time. And he was, I, I don't know how many he finished the game with, but he had a bunch of drops by that Patriots defense that he got lucky on. So don't know what to really do with this game. It's at 15 and a half. Me and Chad always thought we play the numbers here. Um, one of my favorite games from last week was that Atlanta Bills game. Me and you both bet Atlanta. I think it was at 14, 14 and a half. Atlanta right on 14. Again, none of this shit makes sense. The final score is 29-15. None of it makes sense. I- I'll play the number and I'll play the value. I'll take the Jaguars at 15 and a half. But I, I-, I, just-, I just can't make this one of my best bets this week because um, I just have no real feel for it. And now a word from our friends at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are almost here, and to help you stay on top of the action, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving you a $10 bonus when you place $20 in same-game parlay bets. Bet on a single game or spread your bets out across multiple matchups. It's up to you. As long as you bet $20 in same-game parlays during the same week of NFL action, you're getting a $10 bonus. For example, this Sunday, I like the Dallas Cowboys, the under, and Zeke Elliott rushing yards over. I love betting with FanDuel because it's America's number one rated sportsbook app. It's safe and secure, and when I win, I get paid out in as little as two hours. So lock in some winners today and enjoy a $10 bonus on FanDuel. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today with promo code FAVORITES to also receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Must be 21 or over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game probably available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FANDUEL.COM slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. The Packers minus two against the Lions. 
Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. Do we know Aaron Rodgers isn't playing already? Has that been announced? So the word on the street is he'll he'll play or Devontae Adams is going to play early on just to break some records and then they'll come out of the game. So if we need more info on if you were like me, you like the Lions, I would just wait. You either you either can get them live at a discount once the game starts and Rodgers plays a little bit or you'll get a better number once we know um, that he is going to play. Maybe this move will back up because I believe it was 11 and a half on the look ahead. Now it's down to two, two and a half. Yeah, just wait. You've already missed all the value. Ah, I love the Lions last week and they broke my heart and I'll have to do it again. I just can't quit the Lions. That was a public dog, though. As soon as as soon as Ravel said on our show that it was like 85 percent of the money, 85 percent of the bets was on the Lions. I was like, why did I just give out the Lions on the action app? New York Jets at Buffalo Bills. The Jets are 16 and a half point underdogs at the Bills. Do you have the numbers in front of you of what the betting public's doing with this game? 88% betting on the Jets. 99% of the money is on the Bills. So this is a weird, weird number. Like when I first saw this one, I thought it was the same exact thing I felt last week with Houston and the 49ers. And whenever big dogs cover or went outright, the public will back them again the following week. So the Jets, that was a no-sweat cover. Should have went outright. Again, it was fourth and two. They went for it because if they got that first down, that game's over. Like Tom Brady ain't getting the ball back. Didn't work out for him. It was a coin flip game. I think you're paying for what the Jets did last week instead of looking at this week. We got a a young kid, Wilson, played a fantastic game. We've seen it time and time again with these rookie quarterbacks. They play well. The next week they lay an egg. It's it's what it is. That's why everyone always says you just throw out the rookie year because it's impossible to really gauge these rookie quarterbacks. You don't know how they're going to be week to week. So I guess the value you could say is that it's on the Jets because it's a key number at 17. but I'll, I'll be on the bills. I made this number 20. Technically you're getting value right now on the bills, but I don't know if the bills are playing. I don't know what, what their incentive is. Is there still a chance they can get the one seed? I, I have no idea what their, what their incentive is. To well, play. they need to, they need to win to win the uh, AFC East. So, so that might be it. So yeah, the Patriots still have a chance. Cause I guess what they're both 10 and six. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, I guess that's that's the motivation that I was looking for uh, on the bills. But just when I first saw this number, it just it just stunk to me. Um, I just didn't get why they didn't make it way higher. And when I looked at the action app, and I saw all the betting tickets coming in on the Jets. It makes sense. The public won money off them. They're just going to roll it over until this week. So, yeah, fishy line. Um, but I'll take bills. at minus 17. We haven't uh, pinpointed the upset you've been foreshadowing. Yeah, it's coming. Don't you worry. It's going right. to be gross, too. Don't worry. The next game up is the New Orleans Saints at Atlanta Falcons. This line opened at the Falcons at one and a half. It's now up to Saints minus four and a half. I'm still tempted to take the Saints at minus four and a half. <laughs> you little bitch. Foxhole people. Come on, Atlanta. Let's climb down into the foxhole. You got to do it. You gotta. I know this is painful. I, I feel bad we have to end the season this way, but well, listen, we're an Atlanta Falcons podcast. We've said it, we've said it from the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they I told you they're the worst team ever, um, statistically this season. They somehow almost had a winning record if they would have won last week, then the year. So 
I, I just love, again, we talk about these situations where the Saints need to win to make the playoffs. Saints haven't been good all year. They're on the road. They're playing against an Atlanta team that, yeah, they might be shit, but this line's moved too much. This line's moved this much just because the Saints won last week and Atlanta lost, and they look terrible doing so. I'm, I'm taking Atlanta. Taking Atlanta to be the spoiler. I'll take their money line. I'll take the plus four and a half. Feel gross doing it, but both these teams suck. Um, you're giving me points to the home team. I'll take this every time. The problem is this Falcons team has been really bad against good teams. I mean, that has been a demonstrable trend, right? They are like 0-7 playing against um, really good teams and something like 7-2 and playing against bad teams. We don't know what the Saints are. I mean, this decides if they're good or not. Technically, we have no idea, but no, it's fair. I just feel like the lines move too much. You're getting the value on this Atlanta team. Right now, if I'm looking at this, the only games that we think we really, really like, the Bills minus 16 and a half and the Falcons plus four and a half. We're a wait and see on, on the Browns. We're a wait and see on the Steelers. We're leaning towards the Texans. We're leaning towards Washington football team. We're a wait and see on the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, I told you, I only made four bets out of 16 games. Well, who the fuck were the bets on? I mean, you're getting there, sweetheart. You're getting warmer. Well, they better be the Falcons and the fucking Bills. I I bet Atlanta. Okay. San Francisco 49ers at Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are four-point favorites. This is interesting. 80% 80% of the bets coming in on the 49ers, about 90% of the money coming in on the Rams. And I'm part of that at 90%. This is one of the bet games I bet. I love the Rams. Uh, Trey Lance on the road in what we could honestly call a playoff game. The Rams need this game technically. Um, they could still somehow move up in the standings. This 49ers team, I get it. They need this game to make the playoffs. Trey Lance just is – he just ain't ready. Like they were losing seven to three against Houston at home. Kyle Shannon made the playbook way simpler in the second half. They were able to kind of ball control running the ball. And then they took the, took the ball, you know, what was it? 23 to seven. I believe the final was something like that. Um, it was just a much closer game than people realize this Rams team. We talked last week. They were due to lose that kind of lose that game against the Ravens. I, 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 I hate that. I went against my instincts on that one where I was all over the Ravens. Um, but once before the game started, I was just like, okay, Lamar is out. They're playing this backup. There's still there's value on the seven for the Ravens, but I thought there was value on the Rams. Like the Rams would be able to keep it close, but they were still going to cover that number. Boy, was I wrong. They they got really lucky at the end of that game to win that game outright. So looking at this game, this is just a nice get-right spot for this Rams team. Um, historically, the 49ers have owned the Rams. Just going off the numbers, usually this game's – always goes towards this 49ers team going against the grain a little bit here, taking this Rams team. But I just have to go by the simplest fact that it's Trey Lance on the road against, you know, a top 10 defense. I got to take the Rams in this position, especially if you're giving me a number like four, that's just a, a key number. So to me, if this was six, six and a half, I'd start thinking about 49ers, but it's still at the low four. I'll take the four of the Rams. Is this a Simon says game? No, you're, again, you're going to hate you're going to hate the game that I really like this week. All right. All right. I like the Rams bet. That is one I will bet right away. New England Patriots at Miami Dolphins. The Patriots seven-point favorites at the Dolphins. 
I mean, I'm not making the Simon Says because I have even grosser pick, but give it to me. Give me the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins money line. I, I love this one so much. Uh, who's going to be betting the Dolphins? No one. Just professionals. It's such a pro number. Would they win 50 to three over the Jaguars, the Patriots last week? You're, you're never going to find a bigger head team right now than the Patriots. They're feeling good. Man, the Dolphins, nothing to play for. I think, or technically, they, they could still make the playoffs. We know that. It's not going to happen. They need like four other teams to lose. They're playing spoiler. And what year was it? Was it 2017? Um, the Patriots went down there and they were like a 15 point, 14 point favorite over this nothing Miami team. And Miami won on that was it like a punt or a kickoff or something. Like Gronk yeah, tried to make crazy, the tackle. That crazy kick return. Yeah. Gronk tried to make the tackle at the back of the end zone. And he looked like Frankenstein. All the springs and sockets were shooting off of him as he's trying to make a cut because his whole body is broken. I take Miami every time New England goes down there. I take Miami. It just, for some reason, they just don't play well down there. So you could be upset because of maybe I'll burn us this year. I'm telling you, the rest of your lives, you always take the Dolphins at home late in the season against a Patriots team. They just always have letdown games. So it would be. Again, I try to hide my hate for the Patriots. It'd be amazing if they lost this game and didn't make the playoffs after their fans touting so hard all season about how great they were, how they fixed in a year, how they don't even miss Tom Brady. You're going to miss Tom Brady, especially in a game like this. So give me the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins money line. Oh, that's too good. Too good. You're not wrong, by the way. Yeah. No, it's it's such a pro game. Like No one's, no one's going to be taking the Dolphins. Seattle Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals. They are six and a half point underdogs. Not as big as you think. This is this is a pros Joe's game right now. As much as uh, Matt Mitchell would like it not to be, sixty percent of the bets on the Seahawks, seventy five percent of the money on the Cardinals. Honestly, I would just take the Seahawks here. It's a divisional game. I made this line four. Scaring the shit out of me that's moved that much up to six and a half because I believe it was five, four and a half, and now it's shot all the way up to six and a half. It's never good. That's that's not moving because of the public. It's moving because a pro group's come in on that. So maybe I'll wait and see on that one, but I did like the Seahawks coming in. I thought that was a good number for them. Yeah, let's hold off on that. We can see if that's a sharp call on Thursday. Oh, my God. Carolina Panthers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's only two games left, and you're basically going to say, hey, take the Panthers plus eight against the Buccaneers. Simon says. Simon says. Simon says. When Simon says do it, we do what Simon says. Why would you do that? (laughs) Love it. I love this game so much. I don't know. I'm hearing from a couple of little birdies that the Bucks are going to be sitting guys and resting guys, but they're not going to be trying this game. And it's the rare opportunity to take a Carolina Panther team that no one, I don't know. No, no one's going to be betting this number. I'm just grabbing it early now, just in case the news does come out that the rumors are true, that Tom's not playing. A bunch of their starters aren't playing. They're, they're just going to throw this game away before they get it ready for the playoff run. So I, I think we're getting a good number. I already saw that Carolina's playing their starters. They're trying to win. Their coach is an idiot. Take take the plus eight now. That's why I'm giving out as my Simon says, but uh explain the process. Tell tell me how this works. It's Tuesday afternoon. What does that mean? You're hearing from some birdies. Like 
guys talk yes like I talked to two different people yesterday and both of them first games that I brought up was Carolina so that immediately sends off the alarms and I go all right what are you hearing they go well hearing the Bucks are going to be sitting starters they're not playing for anything Tom's not going to play Mike Evans isn't playing we have to take that information and use it I mean Carolina, they're bad. We talked all year. Their defense isn't that terrible. So if it's going to be backups for the Bucks going against the starters of Carolina, I make this line four. It's eight. I'm getting four free points. That's why I want to give out Carolina and give up their money line. It's just too many points to be given up. Um, I, I really like to back these kind of teams in Carolina because I'm just worried about, like we talked about, they could have quit on the season. I mean, they've shown nothing these last couple of weeks. But it's just a rare opportunity. We're getting a Buccaneers team now. They're looking towards the playoffs. They don't really care about this week. They're just trying to get healthy, get right before the, the playoff run. So I, I do think you're getting good, good free points in this matchup. I mean, this line was at 10. So and in the window that you're talking about is when the line moved from 10 to 8. Yeah, again, these guys are hearing rumors. I wish I had those kind of connects, but I just haven't been in the business that long. So my connects are these guys. So if they're giving yeah. me info. Usually info is really good. I'm going to take that info. I'm going to bet with it. So, again, these are I've only bet four games. This is one of them. Uh, this is one of these I bet right away. I, I thought it was higher than that. It might have been 11 or 12 at some books. Now it's back down. Like he said, it got down to 10. Now it's down to eight. I can see it keep dropping as more rumors keep leaking out. If I'm doing the math here right, you've bet the Panthers, the Rams, the Falcons, and the Dolphins. Those are the four. <laughs> I know. I try to explain to people all the time what I do. It's fun, but it's not fun. My three biggest bets last week were on Zach Wilson, Heineke, and Trey Lance. Those are my three biggest bets. You want to make a living betting on two rookie quarterbacks and an undrafted second-year player? This is how you make your money. This is what I do, Chad. Los Angeles Chargers at Las Vegas Raiders. Should we bet the tie for the Chargers and the Raiders, who, if they do tie, if the Colts lose, both make the playoffs? Chargers no, are two and a half point uh, favorites right now. If you're trying to find who doesn't, who never played sports growing up, just go online and look up people that are talking about how both these teams should play for a tie and how that's a good bet. That's the easiest way to spot someone that never played a sport in their entire life. You're talking about the highest level of competition. What are we doing here? You think these teams are just going to kneel down so both of them can make the playoffs? Bizarre world. I don't follow that many people on Twitter, but more than five different people posted about this. And I was just like, what is happening? Who, who would bet on a game like this to end in a tie? I don't care what the value is. It's just not worth it. Smart line by the books. They hung at three or they hung it at two and a half, maybe. And it got bet up to three um, for this Chargers team. That's when I make the line. I make them a home dog with the Raiders. Again, if I wasn't so in all in on Vrabel being coach of the year, I don't mind giving it to the Raiders. I mean, he took over what I don't even remember what week he took over for um, Gruden, but I, I wrote them off. Like they had Gruden, the racist get kicked out. And then they had a player kill someone in a car accident. It's just a disaster season for this Raiders team. All they have to do is win this game to make the playoffs. That's truly incredible. So to me, feel good story, taking the value. I made this line three. If I make a line, a certain number, I'm usually going to go with the dog. And if it's unless it's the home team, then I'll kind of favorite the uh, go with the favorite in this position. They're the home team. They're the home dog. I got to take Las Vegas here at plus three. So, again, a bunch of people argue about different games they should have made for this time slot. I do think this is the best game. These two teams, they've played well all season. Their division was crazy all season. I, I like the NFL selected these two to end the season with the Chargers. They probably made that this number 
just because they know the public will go towards the Chargers. Like Herbert, that's the fun story, right? Him making the playoffs. So I'm like in my head, I'm trying to think about why is this number minus three? And, you know, it could be because Bosa's coming back or that, you know, they've gotten, they're getting guys back off the COVID list or they're getting healthy, but, you know, they could be getting Waller back for Las Vegas here. Like that's a big deal. That's the big, big piece of that offense. So, yeah, I'll I'll take the plus three. But again, this is one of my best bets. But just looking at it on paper, I, I like that value with the plus three. It's interesting. The Raiders are one of those teams this year. We've talked about sort of the the underdog bounce and seeing it this past week with the Jets, right? You get that inflated number and you become a public dog the next week. The Raiders are never a public dog. Every <laughs> single week, they it's almost like they're starting from scratch and they're always the underdog, no matter what the spot. They had another player arrested overnight yeah. for uh, DWI, uh, rookie and cornerback. Yeah, he starts the dime package for them too. So yeah, it's a big deal. We've narrowed it down somehow. Like with all these games that we didn't know what the fuck was going on, we still narrowed it down to four or five games that we think could be some of our favorites that we feel pretty good about. Again, caution, wait. We know we're going to bet Panthers, Rams, Falcons, Dolphins today, doing it right now. But a lot of these games, you want to wait and see how the market is moving, how COVID is impacting, who will be starting, who will be sitting based on playoff scenarios, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our Simon says Panthers plus eight. Our Foxhole, the Falcons plus four and a half. Save, save your bankroll. It's, we're going to get so much more information. You're going to be able to make so much more money with the better information. That Like right now, I do like those bets I, that I've made. It's just we're kind of shooting the dark here. It's we're, we're just like everyone else. We're waiting on the information because so much can change from now just till Thursday. So just be careful with what bets you're making. All right, let's do some scooch roulette. When all hope is lost, all that's left is relief. Let's play scooch roulette. You go first. We both won last week, but I think you were carrying over from a couple of weeks of winning. So yeah, let's keep winning, dude. I mean, just yeah. been an absolute heater with my scooter yeah. let heater. Scooter let heater. Unfortunately, Mondays are gone. That's what's been good to me last two weeks. I've been just taking these Monday dogs. I'll go with uh fuck. if you don't take the Panthers, man. you're a fucking coward. I'm like thinking I'm either with them or Atlanta. That's what I'm I'm stuck in between. I'll go, I'll go Atlanta because I at least I know for I know on Tuesday exactly who's playing. I'm gonna go Atlanta. All right, you go Atlanta. I'm glad. You know why? Tell me. I wanted to take the Rams. That's fair. It's, it's, it's going to be scary for you though, having Stafford as your scooch roulette, though. I'm excited about it. Matthew Stafford wants to play in games that mean something. This is his opportunity. <laughs> Prove it. Prove it, Matthew Stafford. Is it, well, this, uh, I think at least it'll be like second time in his career. He'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, it's exciting. That's crazy. All right. This has been the favorites from the volume podcast network. You can download it from Apple podcasts, from Spotify. You can subscribe from both places. You can review in both places. We don't care what the fuck you say in the reviews. We like them to be nice. They can be critical. Feedback is a gift. We're heading into review season at the action network. All this will be fed back to Simon as part of his year end review. All we ask is that you give us five stars. We will be back on Thursday. We will give out the Moneyline Parlay. We will narrow it down. Until next time, for Simon Hunter, for our producer, Matt Mitchell, I am Chad Millman. Love you. Love you.